it's Jen. This is Reframing Me, and I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Brubaker. And today, we are continuing on our goal-setting journey. A dream is a goal with a deadline, and we have been putting a deadline on lots of our dreams this month. If you haven't already listened, this is part six of this goal-setting journey. And if you haven't already listened, just go back and listen to parts one and two, and then you can kind of catch up by working on setting goals for all of the areas of your life. We've already talked about family goals, social relationship goals, career goals. I've been trying to do this in chunks, like one small piece at a time. But I have to be honest, I feel like we need to wrap this baby up, land this plane. You know why? Well, friends, I will tell you why. You may remember back in my family goals, I talked about my overall goal of my family's health, and I even mentioned a personal goal of having more time in the evenings to do other things that I want, blah, 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 whatever. It doesn't matter because I've already failed. You may also remember that working down from that to a smaller goal, I ended up at meal prepping. Remember, I was so proud of myself and I was so very naive. Well, I held up my end of the deal. Unfortunately, my family, they failed miserably. I made the things that they liked, the things that they wanted and asked for. Everyone was so happy on day one. On day two, I had a couple of willing participants. By day three, everyone was asking for different things. On day four, no one even wanted to acknowledge the food that I had in there. Day five, well, you guessed it. So basically, I spent way too much time making a large quantity of everyone's choice to eat on Monday, and I ended up throwing like 75% of it away by the weekend. For two weeks in a row. Oh, and I ended up doing so many different things throughout the week, cleaning up so much that remember that time that I was so excited to save? Well, I actually had even less of it. So yeah, that didn't work. And I will be honest, it really made me frustrated. I was frustrated at food and at my family and even at this process, which this poor goal setting process had absolutely nothing to do with anything but it did make me realize that I need to land this plane. Otherwise, it's gonna be like the Golden Gate Bridge. By the time we're done painting the last part, it's gonna be time to go back to the beginning. So today, we're going to finish up this project by having a conversation about the remaining parts of our life wheel. The first, and probably one of the bigger ones, we're gonna talk about is financial goals. Now, talking about financial goals is really interesting to me in that it's so very important, but yet I think that there's still like a bit of a stigma around talking about money. Mostly, I think there's a stigma around wanting money, like somehow it's greedy to want more money. The reality is that while no, money cannot buy happiness, but money can buy a lot of things that can make us happy. And a lot, I mean, obviously not all of, but a lot of everyday problems and issues could be solved with more money. Yet, historically, women especially have been neglected when it comes to becoming educated about finances. Women have historically been discouraged from talking about money. 
And even in 2024 today, women are still dissuaded from advocating for more money as if it's some type of tawdry behavior. According to the World Economic Forum, in 2023, the global gender gap was 68%. Women in the U.S. make 82 cents for every dollar men make. And according to data from the American Association of University Women, when broken down further by race, education, other socioeconomic factors, it's even worse. For every dollar made by white men, white women make 79 cents. Black women make 63 cents. And Hispanic or Latinx women make 55 cents. Oh, and get this, the U.S., well, we rank 43rd. 43rd. How is that possible? I mean, that figure is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Not even get started on this or I will lose my damn mind going off on some tangent here. But we rank 43rd. And oftentimes, women are the ones to take a step back from their careers for their family, whether it's through taking time off from their career or being in a career or in a position that pays less but gives them more freedom for caring for their families. Often in many homes where finances are shared, one partner tends to give up their share of control. And in many relationships, especially in those with more traditional gender roles or where the women have been focused exclusively in their home life and not involved in the bill paying, it can be very challenging for these women to even know where to start. And according to CNBC, when it comes to saving for the future, women's average total retirement savings is on average just $23,000, whereas men's average is three times higher at $76,000. And then women live longer on average, which makes planning for the future and financial goal setting even more important for us to do. And you know what? It's okay to want more money. It's okay to want to have nice things and to have an easier life. Yes, Of course, if it's for financial stability, that's so very important. But even if you are financially stable, there's nothing wrong with wanting more money or a nicer house or the ability to travel or to buy cute shoes or a gorgeous bag. So whether it's for financial, individual independence or for your family's overall financial freedom, this part of our goal-setting journey cannot be overlooked. Planning for the financial future is important for your security. Yes, 100%. But it's also super good to just want to grow. And setting specific targeted goals will help you reach financial stability or security or independence or financial freedom in the future. Before setting your financial goals, though, you're going to first need to figure out how much you can afford to save given your current spending levels. And you can then see what kind of cushion is there. So like if you optimized your spending just a bit and cut out some extras, how much extra could you contribute to your savings? Some possible financial goals that are good to start with are to contribute regularly to a savings. In fact, experts advise that at least you should save 20% each month. But really, whatever you save, if it's more than you have today, is going to help you. So maybe you start smaller. 
and set it as a goal to get to 20%, contributing regularly and increasing the amount each month until you achieve that goal. Or maybe you have debt. You have student loans or credit card debt, whatever. You can look at your high interest debt and set a goal to pay it off with the immediate action steps of like a certain amount each month. The goals that you set financially can be more short-term, so like within a year, or midterm, so like one to five years, or long-term, which would be five years or more. So things like planning for a vacation or to buy a new refrigerator, those might be short-term. Or a down payment for a car or a house, those may be more midterm. But saving for college or retirement or launching a business, those are long-term. Well, (laughs) unless your kids are in high school and then that college savings just became short-term, right? Well, regardless, set a goal with the time frame and start with actionable steps of saving something today. But you are going to need to prioritize these goals because maybe you can't do everything at once, right? Can't save for all of this at once. So now, okay, so that was a lot of saving or just getting your head above water, right? But you can also set financial goals to make more money. And for that, you're going to need to, when you are evaluating your current financial situation, okay, including what your savings, you'll need to include in how much do you need to make to get to the point that you want to be, okay? How are you going to get there? That's the literally million-dollar question, right? So is it investing in the stock market, in real estate, launching a new business, finding a side hustle? What is your ultimate goal? What actionable steps can you take to get there, okay? And this might even be buying a book about purchasing real estate, buying a book about how the stock market work, buying a book or finding a website or listening to a podcast on investing. And yes, this totally may overlap with your career goals or your personal goals, and these may even overlap with environmental goals too. And this is why these parts are now getting all tangled up right. So it makes sense that we just address them all here today. So after your financial goals, you'll need to look at your wellness goals. This would include physical goals, so dietary or nutrition, weight loss, exercise or movement, strength gains, cardio gains, training for a 5K or training for an Ironman. Obviously, y'all know that fitness is my jam, so of course, I find this one to be fun and exciting. But I also realize that many other people don't. So maybe your first actionable step is just to start trying out different workouts to find something that you enjoy, or at least that you don't hate as much. Maybe it's to do something for five minutes today. Five minutes of movement is better than no minutes of movement. And maybe you always have that caveat that after five minutes, you can stop or you reassess and one day it turns into, you know, sure, I can do another five. And then another day it's like, sure, I can add five more minutes. And look at that. You're up to 15 minutes. That's an actionable and measurable way to get towards your goal. Now, physical wellness, it could be like lowering your blood pressure or getting more sleep, or drinking a certain amount of water, or stop drinking soda or alcohol, or start taking supplements. 
The best part, in my opinion, of physical wellness goals is that these goals are organically super measurable. But of course, there are less measurable wellness goals, such as mental health goals and spiritual wellness goals. But even for those, you can totally take measurable action steps to attain these. Maybe it's meditating every morning or journaling twice a week or going back to church each week, taking Sundays as a mental health day where you don't even think about work or you don't make any plans or Friday evenings you practice self-care. Now, I have made a short-term self-care mental health wellness goal to learn more about breath work. I happen to listen to a podcast on breath work therapy, and now I'm super interested in it. And so this weekend, I'm actually going with a friend to a breath work workshop. And to be honest, I'm a little bit nervous. There's like warnings on it and everything. Like I'm riding a roller coaster and that I should consult my doctor before coming or whatever. But I will say I'm excited to try it. So I'll fill y'all in on how it goes. Which this actually overlaps into the next goal area on our wheel, which is personal growth. So yes, self-care, but also self-improvement, which may be taking a breathwork workshop, or taking a course, or getting a certificate, or finishing a degree. And these totally may overlap with those career goals or financial goals that we talked about, right? Or maybe personal growth is related to service to your community through volunteering at the local animal shelter, or joining the Rotary Club, or your service to your church. Personal growth might be developing or exploring a skill or a hobby, like learning the piano or relearning French. Perhaps you need to relearn French for that vacation that you're saving for in your financial goals, or developing your skills in photography or in watercolors. It could be refinishing furniture, which who knows, that could become lucrative and cross over into your financial goals as a side hustle. So the next area in your life wheel then is your environment. So basically, that is anywhere, any environment, anywhere that you spend time. Your car, house, office, your neighborhood, region, wherever. Maybe you have the environment goal to get a new car, a car that maybe you've had the financial goal of saving up for a down payment. Or maybe you get a more reliable car. Maybe you had the financial goal of saving up enough money to pay cash for it. Or maybe it's the goal of keeping your existing car clean because you'd like to drive potential clients around and it really gives a poor impression if it's super messy or dirty. It could be your house. You want to get out of renting and buy a house or upsize into a bigger home with a nice yard or downsize into a smaller home, maybe at the beach. Or it could be the area you live in. You set the goal of living in a particular city or state or region. Perhaps your commute is awful, so you set the goal of moving closer to your work. Or if you love where you live, maybe you have the career goal of finding a job that's closer to home. Or you need that down payment 
So your financial goal is to save the money to move to the environment that you really want to live in. Or it could even include the space that you currently have. Okay, so I will share one goal that I had had, I guess, and I guess I attained it kind of. Okay, well, I absolutely love our house, okay? We are so lucky. I'm so grateful for our house. We decided that we wanted to move to a different area from our old house when my oldest was in pre-K, okay? Pre-K. Unfortunately, it was not in the cards for us for a number of reasons. I mean, namely financial reasons and the awful housing market, like circa 2010 to 2015-ish, I guess. But we finally moved when he was going into fifth grade. So yeah, that took a minute. But I love my house now, and I think I am even more grateful for it because of the struggle it was to get here and how long it took. Well, I am constantly trying to figure out like the best, most optimal use of our space. We've added rooms and we finished the third floor. Well, my office has always been directly when you walk in. Our house was built in the early 90s, so I think it probably would have been like a sitting room. I think they called it back then, like the evolution of the old time parlor, right? Anyway, it was just an odd setup for an office. I teach online, lots of Zooms, and the camera setup was just awful distractions everywhere. The feng shui was a hot mess. No Marie Kondo, nothing in it brought me joy, I swear. It got to the point that I rarely even worked in it. Then when I started the podcast, and even if no one was coming in and out the door, which with the dogs especially was very rare, I just couldn't focus or think. So I moved my recording space up to this tiny little nook on the third floor. I'd work up there too. And, you know, after I'd record or whatever, I'd end up sitting up there working. So my office then became completely wasted space. And then my actual office space that I was working in here, the broadcasting nook was literally like a maybe two by three space at most. At one point then during the winter, I think it was like the winter before this one, and when he was football training, the giant kicking net moved indoors and right into the middle of my office. Because doesn't everyone have a kicking net in the near entryway of their home? But you know what? It actually ended up sitting there for months and months. I think it was summer when we finally moved it because the space was just totally wasted as my office anyway, and I wasn't even using it. Well, my goal is to make my entire house warm and purposeful and welcoming and beautiful. And the office with the overflowing desk and the weathered kicking that was not it. So my smaller goal then was to make that room special and wonderful. So after moving the kicking net out, other smaller steps of brainstorming and moving existing furniture from other spaces and rearranging the furniture in the room, cleaning some things out, and adding a few candles and a bit of decor, and voila, it is now Jen Zenden. And yes, I actually do have a sign to make that name official, but everyone now loves being in here. It was somehow, it's like become, other than the kitchen, like the most used room of the house. It's amazing. People come over and they sit in the Zen Den. I happily and productively work here in the Zen Den. The kids lie on the couch in here. The dogs are always snuggled up sleeping in here. I, okay, I, I took a nap in here this past weekend. A nap. I never, ever, 
ever nap. But I came home from a lacrosse tournament with my son on Saturday. I sat down and I woke up and it was dark. I mean, yes, a couple of days later, I think I'm still a bit disoriented, but I'm telling you, it's the Zen Den. So maybe it's just reorganizing or cleaning your current environment. God knows I need to set the goal to clean some closets out. I guess I can put that as a long-term goal. Okay, so our last area. Oh, thank heavens, right? We made it. And it's a good one. I saved the best for last. Pleasure. What goals can you set for pleasure? Like for fun, to make you happy. We can't forget that in this whole process, right? What do you love to do? What do you want to do? Travel. Travel is my big one. Be able to travel with my family. Take them everywhere. See everything. Do everything. I think I even talked about that with you back in family goals. And we just said vacations, right? They can tie into financial goals. So look at that. See how I just wrapped that all up with a nice little bow there? I am very confident that you now have everything that you need to do an amazing job setting your goals and manifesting the life of your dreams, setting goals for every area of your life. And once you have your list in each of these areas, and remember, don't overwhelm yourself, right? Maybe three to five goals in each area. And again, some of these may even overlap. So don't go crazy here. Because remember, you're going to have a series of smaller objectives then to reach each of these larger overhead goals. Don't force them. See what feels natural. See how many feel important. Then you need to go back to the idea of making them SMART goals. Remember, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. You can do this. I can do this. I believe in you and I believe in me. And remember, a goal is a dream with a deadline. So start working on those dreams and I cannot wait to see them come true for all of us. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have gotten something valuable out of this series. If you've enjoyed these episodes or any of our episodes, our Jenna Zen or our family communication episodes, please share the show with your friends. That's how we will grow our community. Follow me on socials, on TikTok and Instagram, it's Reframing Me. And on Facebook, it's Reframing Me. And join the Facebook group, Reframing Me, the podcast community. Until next time, be well and communicate.